Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Analog on Relay FM. This episode of Analog is brought to you by Backblaze, online backup made easy, and Igloo, an intranet you'll actually like. My name is Mike Hurley, but you're not here for me. You're here for Casey Liss. I don't know about that, but hello, Mike. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm well, feeling a little bit of pressure now that you've led in with that introduction. You know, you are what the people come to see. Mm-hmm. It's the one and only Casey Liss. Where else are you going to get Casey Liss on a podcast? Yeah, certainly nowhere else. Nowhere. It's definitely not available anywhere else. No. This, uh, is, yeah, this yeah. is the only hours that you put in on, on the air every week. Mm-hmm. Everything else don't accept substitutes. No, that, that is actually just a very advanced uh, version of the OS ten. What does it say? Command line uh, thing? Command? You know what I'm talking about? What, like the dictation thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the one, uh, this, this was on like a previous version of OS ten. I can't remember which, where you'd have that little bubble that sat on the desktop and you'd say like, okay, computer, and then ask it to tell you a joke. And you'd say like over and over and over again, okay, computer, tell me a joke. Okay, computer, tell me a joke. And it'd be like, knock, knock, which is the worst kind of joke because it never really understood fully what you were asking. So any joke that continues, that requires continued conversation between you and the Mac was a bad idea. This was built into the operating system or this was some like add-on? No, this was built into the operating system. I don't remember this at all. Yeah, there you go. And you said, you said okay, computer, not a Hoy telephone? I, I would have preferred... Um, you would prefer it to be a Hoy telephone? Yeah. That would be better. I'm trying All to right. find it now. I'm sure it was OK Computer. It's something like that. You'd give it some sort of some sort of command. I think well, that OK would explain the Radiohead album name. Um, Or maybe it was the other way around. Who knows? Are you a Radiohead fan? No. Oh, Aaron hates... Uh, what is it? Tom York's voice? I love Radiohead. I don't like Radiohead. Hmm. Well, how Follow about that? up for next week. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, Mike's everyone, wrong. <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone, email Mike, not me. Don't use the feedback form on the site because that does go to both of us, but via me. So just tweet. Well, at him, I don't have an email address, so yeah, that's definitely it. Uh, just tweet at I Mike I M Y K E and tell him how wrong he is and how wonderful Radiohead is. That's like ninety five percent of my Twitter stream anyway. Just how wrong I am. <laughs> We're actually going to talk about that later. Great foreshadowing. Um, so what are we talking about tonight? Do we have any follow-up or no? Uh, we have follow-up, but it's been integrated into a later topic. Excellent. So, I mean, you did say before we, we started that you were going to ask me what my house work. Ah, yes, that's right. So, Mike, house work? <laughs> Smooth. Uh, I just want to leave. So you just want to rage quit, like table flip and run away. Yeah. I'm really trying, and I am. I'm trying my best, and I and I'm I'm putting my all into it. I want to make sure that I keep things nice and tidy for my, you know, the person that takes over for me from me. But I'm counting down the days because now there are like I work with some like external parties, um, and we have like monthly meetings, and so now it's starting to get to the point where I'm saying goodbye to people. And I still have three weeks. So it's like, oh. So I'm like, oh, it's been lovely working with you. You know, take care. And I do kind of like <laughs> resolve to the fact this is the last time we will ever see each other. Um, we go with that. But um, so, yeah, it's, so now it's like it's it's really dragging because these things are starting to happen where it's like, okay, this is the last time I'll ever see Bob. Uh, mm-hmm. Goodbye, Bob. It's been really lovely. 
And do mm-hmm. I hug Bob? That's the, so this is the thing. <laughs> right, here we go. Topic. Okay. When is it okay? When do you cross the, the hug line? Um, that's a tough question. Would you be excited to see Bob if you ran into Bob on the street? No. Then definitely no hugs. Like, I'd be like, uh, maybe I would try and avoid Bob. Like, if I saw Bob on the street, I would try and not make eye contact with Bob so I didn't have to have that that conversation. Oh, what are you doing in here? Oh, it's so good to see you. And All I'm looking for is a way to leave this conversation. Oh, yes. How are your dogs? That's wonderful. There's no way to get away from this. So, right. yeah, okay. I don't know. I think a uh, nice firm handshake, um, that's perfectly acceptable. And I don't know. I, I don't typically hug on the way out unless someone initiates. Like, I am a hugger. You should know that better than almost anyone. I am a hugger. I like me some hugs. But we we hug know. We hug a lot. When, when me and Casey see each other in person, we hug a lot. Yeah, basically, we're just carrying each other in each other's arms. The only one of us is ever walking at a time, even if both of us are traveling in the same direction. You have a picture That's, of us hugging. Yeah, I in, think I do somewhere. Yeah, in Picture Life. You sent me it. Find that. Find that for the oh. show notes. Put it in the oh, show yeah, notes. That, that's going to be so easy. Um, I, I will see what I, I can do. I thought that was all, what was Picture Life was about. That's what Picture Life is supposed to be about. Just search my location. <laughs> I, it was in the it was in the um, yeah. the hotel bar at the park. Was that the Park Fifty Five? Yeah. Hmm. All right. Not like yeah. like a park. We weren't like in a park. That would be weird. Just being Casey hugging at a park in San Francisco. Um, we had breakfast with Faith and uh, John Syracuse right next to a park. We didn't hug during that process well probably, no probably we hugged actually bit. right afterwards wasn't it because that was our grand goodbye oh yeah oh that's sad memories <laughs> oh actually there's this new scroll f- widget thing on picture life which makes it much easier to find what i'm looking for there you go they're, they're doing their best to stay in business with scroll scrolling widgets this is wonderful all right i i, I will keep looking for this picture of us hugging just go by the date Oh, shoot, I'm in the wrong year. It wasn't 2013. Such an amateur. All right, well, anyway, uh, so what do you want to talk about today? So this was something that we were going to talk about last week, but we never got around to it, and it's kind of like a follow-on from an episode of IRL Talk that you were on. Yes. But this is a conversation that I wanted to have with you because this this is my show, and that's not my show. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that's as good as I've got for you. And it's about something that you kind of reference as the communication pyramid, mm-hmm. right? Can you explain the communication pyramid, please? Sure. So what Faith and I, this is the same Faith that was on episode eight, he says with no confidence. Um, this is the same Faith that was on episode eight, eight of the show. Uh, she and I talked, and I don't... I. Th- don't think Jason Cipher was there for that one. Talked about kind of how there's a there's a hierarchy or a pyramid even of communication strategies. And so at the very bottom is something that's like not that urgent and not that invasive. So say for example, either a snail mail letter or perhaps an email. And then you work your way up into say a 
Twitter at reply and then maybe a Twitter DM and then moving on and on and so on all the way up to a phone call, which is about as invasive and urgent as you can get. And so we were talking about this, Faith and I, and about how much thought we put into uh, how do you contact someone that you that you like and enjoy? What means do you use? And this became relevant for our show because uh, just before we recorded the last episode, I needed to send you something. And I honestly don't recall what it was, but it was mostly unimportant. And it occurred to me that I have something like 10 different avenues to send this to you. In no particular order whatsoever, I could have sent you an at mention on Twitter if it was something that I didn't consider to be private. I could have sent you a Twitter direct message. I could have sent you an iMessage. I guess I could have sent you an SMS for like $35. I could have called you a telephone call, a traditional POTS call for another $95. I could have done a FaceTime audio call. I could have done a FaceTime video call. I could have sent something over Slack. And by the way, once I'm in Slack, do I send it as a one-on-one message? Do I send it in the analog room or do I send it in the general room? Or I could have sent you an IM. And I'm probably missing other things as well that I'm that I'm just not thinking about. I think before we talk about the communication pyramid itself and the way that we tackle that with each other and with other people in our lives, let's talk about the amount of ways that you can contact people these days. It's kind of overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Because even going back just a few years ago, the option was maybe Twitter direct, direct message or instant message. Like before right. iMessage, that was like it. That's that. They're the ways that we would have that, that at least we got in contact with each other. Um, mm-hmm. Would was just like I am, and then it moved to iMessage. But then, as we and then as we became closer friends, then all these other avenues open up, and and that's that's kind of the second part of the discussion. But I just find it crazy these days that that there are so many different ways in which you can contact somebody, and that the other the, and part of the problem is is it's like the holy grail right now is messaging. That's the thing that people that startups are trying to to be in and also as well so many um different apps are integrating their own messaging system into uh into their own application like for example i heard that pinterest put um a messaging system into their app recently and apparently it's really good um but it's like yeah let's just put it in everywhere and then you've got apps like group me and slack and then there's you know twitter are apparently going to launch their own thing at some point like a, a direct a new direct message app but then you've got like there's like chat in google docs as well as like the, the im me and federico have started trying out this new app called quip which is like a, a document collaboration tool but it has its own chat inside of it everything has a chat involved these days like you've got facebook messenger is a big one it's kind of everywhere yep. and it doesn't make the situation any easier because there's like, so how do you choose which one to to talk to? Because I don't even think for me, it's like a level of friendship. So I have friends of mine, like close friends that I only DM with on Twitter, even though I have their iMessage numbers and we've exchanged iMessages. 
but we DM only. And, and I'm not really sure why, but we kind of got stuck in a rut with it. So like Brad Dowdy, who's the host of The Pen Addict, we're extremely close friends, but we only ever DM on Twitter and I don't know why. So we both use Slack together, but we never exchange private messages on Slack. We only ever talk in the group rooms. I have his phone number, he has mine. And we have iMessage when something was like urgent, but that's when we fall to iMessage. So like, Brad, there is an emergency that I need you to see. So I send right, him an right. iMessage in that instance. But other than that, I send him a, a DM. I think there's something about like, I know that a Twitter DM is less invasive. And I don't know, he has like a family and he has kids. So there's something about that with some people where I'm like, I don't want to jump into their lives. But that's not like a definite rule because like Stephen has a thousand children uh, <laughs> and, and I send him my messages. It seems so peculiar. It seems like it's, I, I, I know that you kind of had spoken with Faith about like when is an, what is like an appropriate level of friendship mm. in which mm. you would tackle these types of communications, like going all the way up to, I think like iMessage was the top one or maybe phone right. call was top yeah, and yeah, then yeah. iMessage um, as like the text, the first text thing. But I, I don't even think it's that for me. There seems to be like just a precedent set and then we stick with it. Like you sent me a DM yesterday and I was like, what is going on? Because we haven't exchanged <laughs> Twitter DMs in a very long time because right. you have the ability to contact me practically any way you want to. Right, exactly. And you do. So uh, that was a lot of rambling then. No, 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 it, you're absolutely right. And I think, that actually kind of cemented in my mind the the difference between the conversation that you and I are having now and the one that Faith and I had is that with Faith and I, it was about escalating the relationship. And I don't necessarily mean a romantic one. It could be a, a friendly one, but escalating the relationship from a Twitter at mentions to once you follow each other, DMs to, you know, maybe emails or somewhere in this. And then eventually I messages, which are, especially with people you haven't met in person, you know, exchanging iMessages is a relatively intimate thing if you've not met this person in real life. Um, and and what, what I'm talking about here, which is exactly what you just said, Mike, is even if the two of you agree, and I think I speak for you in saying that really I don't care how you contact me. And it can be an it can be, be an iMessage, it could be a phone call, whatever. I don't really care. And I think we know each other well enough to know that as long as it's not horribly inconvenient for me. I'm going to either answer the phone or reply to the iMessage or whatever. But even knowing that I can get away with choosing anything, that you're not going to be offended by me calling you, I still have, what did I mention? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different ways of contacting you. Which one is the right one? And this this comes back to what you were saying a minute ago. With all these different avenues of contacting people, like, this is not something I want to stress about. You know, do I Slack private message, Slack in the analog room, Slack in the general room and just call it to your attention? Or maybe I iMessage or, okay, no, you know what? No, no, no. I'm going to do it on Twitter. I'm going to do it on Twitter. Shoot. Am I going to at reply or am I going to DM? This isn't really private. It's just something, I, it's just a link I wanted to send you. Oh God, how do I do it? Now, you know what? Maybe I'll email him. No, we both get a lot of email. I'm not going to email. And it just goes on forever where it back in the olden days when we were children, you would either send a text message or send an email. 
That was it. Like I miss those days when that's those were the options. I don't even consider email. Like if a friend emails me like a question that could be by IM, that would make me very angry. Really? Like, Why is that? I hate I hate email. I hate email so much. I just don't like it. I I wish I could get a, get rid of email completely from my life. So it's funny you say that. This is actually another topic I wanted to bring up at some point, and we may or may not get into it deeply now. Um, in fact, before we do, why don't you uh, tell me about something that you really enjoy these days? That sounds like a fantastic idea. I would like to talk to you right now about our friends over at Igloo. Igloo is an internet you'll actually like. If you've ever used SharePoint, like me and Casey have, to uh, our absolute dismay, or you have an internet that feels like it was built in the 90s, you just know, you know, you know in your heart how an internet can be dull, unengaging, and a boring experience. Not only is it going to feel used and out of date, I'm going to assume, and I'm going to know for sure, that there's no human feeling in there. There's nothing in there that makes you want to go to the internet. You go to your corporate internet because you have to. But this is where Igloo changes all of that. Igloo knows that connecting staff together in meaningful ways makes your office a more fun place to be. It helps to sort of embed the culture that you want at your workplace and just helps everyone stay connected better together. The starting point for all of this is creating a great design. This is more than just throwing your logo into the top left-hand corner of your intranet. This is about being able to have full control of creating what sort of apps you want. So, you know, what, what like, do you want calendars? Do you want a microblog? Because that's the way that your team like to connect, right? They don't, you In your company, you like to have the microblogs because that's the way that you talk online together rather than sending email to each other, like just what me and Casey were talking about. Maybe you want to be able to use all of this on your phone. Now, usually, that's not possible, but with Igloo, you can. Everything with Igloo is built to be responsive, so it looks fantastic across all platforms. This is an incredibly important thing, and it's like a massive thing. If you've used any sort of intranet platform that exists, you just can't access this stuff on your phone. But with Igloo, you can access all of it. You can change settings. You can access all, your, you can access all the documents and stuff that are stored within Igloo. It's incredible. When you're creating your pages within Igloo, everything's widget-based, everything's drag-and-drop. It's super simple to configure it to look exactly how you want. And you can enable the things that feel right for your company and for these pages and disable those that don't. I mentioned that um, Igloo has stuff like microblogs and shared calendars. It's built with apps. This gives you the flexibility to change the structure and presentation of your intranet. You can take it from a content-driven web page feel to one with activity feeds where conversation is at the center. This is where the community of your office adds to the intranet. It's not just thrown at them. You can customize everything. You have the ability to add HTML, CSS, JavaScript. I could go on all day. I love Igloo. They are a great supporter of this show, of the whole network, and they just make a really cool product. Igloo is free to use of up to 10 people. You can sign up right now at igloosoftware.com slash analog. Go and try it out. I'm sure that you're going to love it, and it's going to change the way you work. Thank you so much to Igloo for supporting this show and Relay FM. Oh, and there is just one more thing I wanted to mention today. We're currently conducting a listener survey. Now, what this does is it allows us to help when we're trying to work with advertisers to find things that best fit 
with each other. So we want to know the types of things that you like and the types of things that you're that you're enjoying and the types of things that you would like to see us working on in the future. And that helps us to find advertisers that continue to be a great fit for you. Now, it won't take anyone in five minutes and it's going to help us out a great deal. So I'd love it if you could help. Anyone that actually does complete the survey will be going into a monthly raffle to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Um, so that's that's not a bad deal at all. We're not, we're not going to share your email addresses. We're not going to send you an email unless you win the gift card. Please go to podsurvey.com slash analog. That's podsurvey.com slash analog. You'll be helping us out a great deal by taking this survey, and you'll get a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Help us out. Go, take, go fill it out, and we'll love you forever. All right, so let's talk about email. And I don't really want to turn this into back to work because I that Merlin and Dan will handle this topic in a different way that's probably more constructive. But I would like to agree with you on the record that email should die in a fire. I hate email. I never used to. In fact, it used to bother me deeply when I used to email, say, Marco, for example, years ago, two, three years ago, and I would email him something and I wouldn't get a response. And granted, whatever I was emailing him probably didn't need a response, but probably deserved a response. And I didn't get a response. And and this would happen somewhat regularly. And I never really understood it. And I've seen MG Siegler complain and moan about email constantly for years. And for the longest time, I never really understood what the hate was about. Email's really not that hard. You get an email, you handle it, you reply to it, and you move along. I was an ardent fan of Inbox Zero, where my goal in life was to get every email out of my inbox, because anything that's in my inbox inbox probably needs to have some action taken upon it. And so the more emails that are in my inbox, both work and home, the more stress I have, because it's the more things I need to do. Now, I have more to say, but let me stop there. Are you an Inbox Zero kind of guy? Um, No, I'm not, no. I like to keep my inbox low, but just by actioning, I, I don't, I don't file or anything like that. All right. Well, with that in mind, I, like I said, am an inbox zero kind of guy. Love to see an empty inbox. It's like my favorite thing in the world. It's like having a clean desk or I don't even know what else or like a perfectly clean and detailed car. It's the best. So with that said, I'm looking at my, my personal email account right now. I have 135 emails in my inbox that I need to take action on. Oh my word. Your personal email. My personal email. This spans back. I don't know. I'm not used to using the Gmail web interface. Let me see what I'm doing here. This spans back to like August, I think. How do I go to the next page in Gmail? So I have a, I have one thing that I do, right? So I like to keep my email inbox to about seven unread emails at a time. Don't ask me why this number came about, but this is the number that I like. That seems like a number that I'm happy with. I have nine emails in my email inbox at the moment that are unread, and and the the earliest is dating back to the 2nd of October. This is more than I like to have. It causes me anxiety to to have any more than that. However, if I have an email that I've been sitting on for a couple of months, and I've not done anything with it, it's time to get rid of it. Yeah, you you need to be able to get rid of it. Like, if if you have emails in your inbox that are there since August, everyone has forgotten about. That's it. true. It, it's not important anymore to anybody. It's clearly not important to you because you've seen it 
and you've not done anything with it and you've not had you've not done anything with it for like four months. And the person who sent it, it would be great if they got a response, but I guarantee you they don't put any thought into it anymore. Or they would have emailed you again, so you'll see it later. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking now at the end of my email. There is one from my dad from December of last year that didn't really need a reply, but has some information. I don't know where to put it. I should Evernote. probably put it. I was about to say I should probably put it in Evernote. I have an email from my younger brother from April, which is a link to a video that I can't easily add to Plex. Otherwise, I would have done so. I have something from Aaron from July. And then after that starts legitimate like list of email. So I'm not going to read all of them, but I'm just going to go through the first few. Give me, so some, we... give me some topics then. Okay. So September 5th, there are two emails. One is an ATP feedback. One was not personal... necessary anymore. Mm, Delete it right now. But what if it's, I don't even know what it is, but what if it's something like super complimentary about me and I haven't said thank you? I didn't even take the time to say thank you. What kind of a jerk am I? It, this was, what, what date did you say? September 5th. So it's nearly two months old. Yes. That thank you has expired, my friend. You're probably right. Delete but, the okay, email. Look, here's, here's uh, September 6th. Positive feedback for Casey is the subject line. So why By Andrew G. Why haven't you read it yet? Oh, I've read it. I absolutely read it. Are you kidding me? If I see positive feedback for Casey, of course I read it. So why haven't you replied? So that's the thing is that when I read it, I I don't remember having read it, but I'm sure what I thought was, my goodness, that's such a kind email. I want to spend more time than just firing off. Thank you. Send. Does that make sense? You know, I want to do uh, th- this email that, that Andrew G has taken the time to write me deserves a more thoughtful right. reply than G's thanks. Okay. So here but we go. I, I then, I never get, then I never get back to it. I apologize in advance to you and to Andrew G for what, for, for potentially what I may or may not say here. <laughs> you felt it was important enough to respond to Andrew G. Mm-hmm. You have not done that. Because I'm a terrible human. So why are you still sitting on this email? Andrew G doesn't care anymore, Casey. And he's probably forgotten. And if if it did bother him, you've already bothered him. There is no benefit. Well, there's probably benefit. There's no point, in my opinion, in responding to this email now. Because you would have to write such a response now for it to be... To ha- for it to have a point that it's going to take you longer than you're willing to put into it because you can't yeah. just say you can't you cannot just give a one word or one line anymore because you've sat on it for nearly two months just <laughs> look i didn't expect this was the way this conversation was going to go but you my friend need to get better at dealing with this kind of email so this is my system that i have that i'm trying to to develop into a stronger kind of system for myself I see an email come in. If it's a feedback email, then it may sit in my inbox for like a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, after a week, if I've read it and I haven't done anything with it, if I can't give one sentence as a response, I will most likely delete it. Because after that period of time, I feel like the response, whilst still would be nice, kind of has to 
be long in in what it requires. Now there are exceptions to this. I have that email that I've had since the second of October. It's not feedback, but somebody wanted to email me for some advice, and it's a really really long email. Like it's hundreds of words long, which for me that's a long email. And I haven't gotten around to it yet, but I won't get rid of it because I said to the guy to email me. And so I plan to respond at some point with a, with quite a thoughtful email. And I obviously will start off with apologies that it's sat in my inbox for this amount of time. But that's kind of the way that, that I deal with these things. And, but, and there are times where like I forget about those emails and then it's like four months and I'm like, it's past now. Like the, the time is gone and, and I have to get rid of them. If I send you this hugely long email about how you're the best podcaster that's ever lived. I cannot imagine podcasting without you. And, and you don't reply for a month or two. You would stumble upon that email. Let's assume it even lasted a month or two in your inbox. You'll stumble upon that email and just say, you know what? Too long. Archive. If you send me an email like that, I'm sure that there's more that I can say than thanks so much for sending me this email. So you would, two months later, go ahead and reply to it. If I feel like it, if I get to it and it's a couple of months old and I have to, and I decide I'm going to take action on that, then I will either reply or I will delete. And I will only reply if the reply is meaningful. You know, Ova Bear in the chat said email completionist. And I think to some degree that is part of my problem. And I, I just, I carry it. And here's where we talk about feels. I carry an unbelievable amount of guilt for all 100 now, I've, I've been culling some of them as we've been talking, 121 emails that I have. And the thing that makes it even worse is I don't feel like during the week I have the time to go through them. And the parents that are listening are probably laughing hysterically because I don't realize what busy is like yet, and I understand that. But given that everything is relative, I don't feel like at this point in my life I have the time to go through these emails during the week. So that means I would have to go through them on the weekend. And that means me saying to Aaron, we are two-ish weeks away from our due date. And you know what, Aaron? Instead of spending time with you, I'm going to go through these emails that I've been letting pile up for two months. We're cool, right? Like that? No, that's not cool. But then what ends up happening? More of them pile up. And I don't even have the time to go through the archive and just you know, delete all of them or archive all of them. You know, I, I don't even have time to go through my inbox and just go archiving things that I know I probably should have, but didn't reply to. And so it's this like never ending compounding amount of guilt that I just can't get rid of. And I'm, and I know I probably shouldn't declare bankruptcy. I know I won't declare bankruptcy, but gosh, I want to so badly. And so now whenever someone sends me an email, it's, I, I almost get dejected because of it. Because I feel like that's one more stick in this bag of sticks that I need to carry. That was the worst analogy ever, but whatever. Uh, it's one more thing I need to carry and one more thing I need to worry about. And what I'm trying to do is get better about instantly replying, even if it's extremely short. But this way, at least I've done something with it. So, we, so if I get an email that's super duper nice, like uh, 200 words about how I'm the best podcaster ever. Hey, thanks very much. That really means a lot to me. Send. And I think I need to do better with that. <laughs> I don't know if you're furious or dejected or what. It's just, look, my concern sits around you saying about how much, how much anxiety you feel. So if you feel 
anxious because of the amount of email you have and you're anxious by the fact that these emails pile up. I can pretty much guarantee that anybody that emails you saying a nice thing would be happy to know that you've read it and if you haven't replied to it and it's making you anxious, they would probably prefer you to remove that anxiety. That's what that's the way that I like to think. Whether that's true or not, mm. that's kind of how I get it right in my head. And mm. the people could be listening to this and thinking, oh, Mike is such a something or other. And I really don't mean to be. I just know that for my sanity, I have to be really harsh about this stuff. Um, because I need to be able to sort of institute some boundaries for myself about how much time... Like, I don't get so much email that it's, like, crippling. I get enough. But what's happening is, as email is... As the things that are in my email inbox are becoming more important, I'm receiving more things that are also less important. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, less important doesn't mean listener feedback because that's actually one of the more important things. Less important things are like unsolicited requests for random stuff. Oh, I I get lots of these now. Mm -hmm. Like test my app, talk about my app. Oh, God. I used to reply to those. Now they're deleted. I get lots of, hey, I should be a guest on your show. Really? You get solicited that way? Yeah. You can pretty much assume that if you email me saying to me, I think I would be a good guest on your show, pretty unlikely you will ever be on my show. (laughs) (laughs) Because it doesn't make any... It just just doesn't work like that. Like, my sort of barometer for getting people onto inquisitive is I want to know something that I interesting about them that gives me enough of an in to create and craft a discussion. Mm-hmm. If I've never heard of you, it's unlikely that I'm going to have that about you. So okay. I know it would create a less than good episode. So it's probably never going to happen. Yep. Now somebody someday is going to surprise me with that. But like 99.9% of the time, like if you email me to say that you're really good at email marketing, I get these like, I'm my client is fantastic at social media marketing, so he'd be great on your show oh, to talk about God. his new Kickstarter project. It's the worst. Again, like it's even worse if you have a PR company do this for you. But so as my email inbox becomes more important because I'm doing business, sponsorship stuff and I'm getting more listener feedback these things go out a lot quicker I probably respond to at least two thirds to three quarters at a minimum of listener feedback that I receive like I make it sound like I'm deleting all of the all of the follow-up emails I get that is not the case like I respond to pretty much all of the email that we get about this show I don't always copy you in so you probably think I don't no, no, no. I, I do the same thing. So I, I'd assume that. So, and, and it's the same for most of the shows, but like I find other ways to try and help unload it. So, um, with the exception of Casey, um, all of the other hosts of the shows have agreed to take <laughs> the email on. Oh, except for virtual, I take that because I know if it goes to Federico's inbox, it will never get seen because <laughs> I can't even imagine what his email inbox must look like. Um, so I take it for virtual, but virtual gets the least amount of email out of, out of all of the shows, really, I think. Oh, actually, no, Inquisitive. Inquisitive gets no email. 
Really? I don't think I've ever received a follow-up email about Inquisitive ever. Hmm. That's or, surprising. Or Command Space. It, they never came through. Because what do you, there's no feedback. There's no follow-up. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. So people don't email. They, they tweet and tell me they enjoy the show. People don't really email and say, love that episode. So I think people understand that that is kind of like a, that could be done in so many other ways. You could send me a, a mail, like an actual letter, and it, I think I'd prefer it than getting an email. Like, just tweet at me. That because, and I think I I think that most a lot of people trying to get this now. Like, if if something is less than one hundred and forty characters in length, tweet it at them. Yep. Otherwise, absolutely. email and that and I. But I think that's also also why email my email inbox is full of emails that are hundreds and hundreds of words long. It's funny you say that, if you'll permit me to interrupt, because I was looking through my emails as you were talking, and someone sent a completely unsolicited email to me that was 2,100 words long. I'm not. Now, you see, Casey? So now, okay, so here's the thing. Like, I feel compelled to reply since they typed out 2,100 words to me. What's the topic? Um, uh, stuff about the iPhone 6. Yeah, it's going in the trash. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No, but you're right. But I, just, I, can't I can't deal with that. I can't take that. You don't need to send me 2,100 words. Send me 100. I Please agree. Please don't ever send me 2,000 word emails. But I feel guilty for not replying to it. I shouldn't, but I do. So a lot of my thinking around this has come from my current hero, CGP Grey. Mm-hmm. There's an episode of Hello Internet in which they talk about email management. Mm-hmm. You need to listen to this, by the way. This is your homework. I'm going to find that episode. I'll put it in the show notes, but you need to listen to it before our next episode of the show. It's episode number six, delete, flag, delete, reply. Okay. CGP Gray's system is, if you think mine is harsh, his is harsher. He basically deletes everything bar like very few things and I am in awe at it because he is so it does not bother him and I I see that's where I'll be going to like I I think I'm nice and I really try to be nice but that's exactly what I was gonna say but I can only be nice to a point like and, and I don't even think I'm not being nice if that makes sense like I don't think that there is an implied requirement for me to send a reply to an email and i think most people that send me email don't necessarily expect a reply mm-hmm. i feel like if i think about some of the emails that i send to people that i know get more email than i do or th- like if i send marco an email i don't necessarily expect a reply to that like it's just not you know it's, it's something that I don't... I, I can't even imagine what his email inbox must look like. Well, like, that's, what I, the, it's, that's what I was driving at earlier, is that now that I'm getting probably 10 to 50 ATP emails a day, 
all of which I read at the very least. Now I understand why Marco was so bad at email because he gets so freaking much email and I probably don't get as much as he does, but I get so much more than I'm willing to dedicate the time to handle. And so now that I've admitted that in public, that I get way more email than I'm, than I'm allowing myself the time to handle, then the only logical and reasonable option I have is to do exactly what you're describing and just be extremely vicious about not replying and not caring about not replying. It's not about not caring. Well, you know what I mean. Not you know allowing I mean. yourself to become upset about it. Right. And, That's and, a better way of phrasing it. And feeling that the people that you're not responding to have the emotional stability to also not be upset about it. <laughs> and to that end, so Mikey R in the chat said, I, I don't know if he's being serious or not. I was just about to send an email to Mike and Casey regarding a topic from this show, now rethinking if I should. That's not what we're trying to say. We're not trying to say necessarily don't email us, although we are trying to say if it can fit in a tweet, put it in a darn tweet. Um, but what I am saying is no matter what I end up doing with my email management, please never be offended if I don't reply. I will always read everything I get, but I'm not very good at replying. And as we started this conversation with, I'm not terribly good at replying in a timely manner. It doesn't matter if email comes in because then I can choose whatever I want to do with it. Like, you can just continue, please continue to send your email. Sometimes I'll reply. I never say, like, so Aaron L.M. Goodwin said, if you reply, thank you so much for your kind words, that would be enough for most people. And that, I kind of do go with that, or a variation of that. Like, I write something out, which is like, thank you so much for saying that you've made my day a little bit better, or something like that. That I consider not to be just a thank you or thanks. I would never send mm -hmm. that to somebody. I would sooner delete an email than send it. The issue is not in so much as don't send me email, but just don't send me email. Don't don't give to receive. It's mm -hmm. probably the best way I can put it. Mm -hmm. Please send me an email if you think you if you want me to read something or if you want me to check something out or if you have some feedback. But, like, I just ask people to adjust their expectations about wh whether they think I should reply or not. If you think I should reply, then you're, you're probably right. And, and I probably should. But if you send me an email and you don't think that, then you're also probably right. Because I think that all of our listeners are sensible enough to understand what they're saying, whether it requires response. Because sometimes people say to me in their emails, this does not require a response. And I like it when people do that because they, yeah. can, they can understand that clearly, but that they want me to read something. I read it. Great. Thank you for sending me that information. I'm pleased that I know that. But that mm -hmm. feels like such a dumb response. Like, thanks so much for sending me this email. Like, okay, I could, I could have a robot do that. I don't like to reply to emails that a robot could reply to. <laughs> right, right. And, and you know what? Please send me email about this because I want to receive it. Like, I, it's so important to me that people are not like, Mike is such a diva, he doesn't want to get email. It's not about that. It's just like at some point you have to try and live your life and that sometimes means that some things have to, you have to kind of change some things. And, and this is one of the things that I'm trying to change. I, I don't like to miss important emails, so I like to try and process what I have. Um, it, yeah, please continue to email me. Please do not, not email me. But 
you know, it's it's something about just I I just you just need to understand that I need to make sure that my sanity remains. Yeah, that's the thing is that it's not that getting email necessarily bothers me. It's that the perhaps self-imposed obligation to reply bothers me. And that's what's hard. We have one more sponsor, do we not? Yes, we definitely do. Uh, I would like to take a moment to talk about our friends over at Backblaze. So, Casey, let let me paint this little picture for you. Our lives are becoming more and more digital. And with this, there is a greater risk in which we can lose data. Now, as our lives move more towards digital, the data that we start to lose are memories, so pictures, videos, everything. If you're not backing it up, that's a big problem. And with Backblaze, you're able to protect your digital life, and this can mean so much to some people. Put simply, Backblaze is secure online backup for your Mac or PC. Backblaze gives you a place to back up and protect everything that lives on your machine. Computer crashes, stolen hard drives, natural disasters, and even just forgotten or misplaced files can leave you sometimes in an unfixable situation. If you, do, if you do not have a backup of some description, it's gone. And having an on-site backup, so even backing up to a local hard drive or a secondary drive isn't always going to help. Like if it's a natural disaster, a fire, or as, as, you know, say if you lose something or if you accidentally delete something or you ruin something, you know, you have a file and you've ruined that file. Just having a local backup of it isn't always going to help you. You can't, you know, a lot of people say that you need to kind of have things in three places and one of them should be in the cloud. And that's what Backblaze can help you with. The Backblaze app backs up all of the data on your computer and makes it accessible anywhere, online and on your mobile. And this is everything. Movies, music, photos, videos, Word documents, keynote files, all of it by default is all sent up to Backblaze. You know, you can choose things you don't want to go there. If you don't want to, to upload your movie collection because you can download them from iTunes, where you can quite easily say, don't back up this folder. And that keeps some space free for you. They have awesome Android and iPhone apps. This makes it really easy to get to your files on the go. Sometimes if you just need a file that you know is on that machine should be on your home machine, but you don't have it in Dropbox or something, you can just pull it out of the Backblaze backup that you have. Uh, Backblaze will even send you a hard drive if you need that. Like you you can I think you you pay a bit extra for it. But like if you need everything back fast, they will mail you a physical drive that has all of your stuff loaded on it. There are no add-ons, gimmicks, catches, or additional charges. With Backblaze, you will get this fantastic service for just $5 per month per computer. This is going to get you fast and unlimited backup. And you can get a risk-free, no-credit-card trial. It's a full trial, fully featured, by going to backblaze.com analog. So go check them out. I know that you're going to be happy. It's just going to give you that peace of mind. We're talking a lot about peace of mind today. Backblaze is another way to give you peace of mind in your digital life. Thank you so much to Backblaze for supporting this show and Relay FM. I cannot echo enough what you said about having a backup that is offsite. And we hope that you would use Backblaze. Backblaze is excellent. But no matter what you choose, get those pictures, get those movies, get the, that music 
off of your computer and somewhere else because my goodness, that is so dangerous not to. And I cannot imagine losing all of my pictures, which is why I've got them I've got them backed up like three or four different ways because that they're that important to me. So definitely check out Backblaze. Indeed. All right. So the other thing we wanted to talk about tonight, today, this morning, this afternoon, whatever is applicable. We never really circled back to the 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 conversation method thing. Oh yeah. Do we have anything else to say? Do we we didn't reach any conclusions, did no, we? No, we didn't at all. Uh maybe maybe just the conclusion for me is like it, it depends on the con it's just very contextual. So like now we me and you used to iMessage a lot, but now we pretty much exclusively contact each other through Slack. Mm-hmm. Because that's where we are for a lot of the day, hanging out in the in the Relay FM chat room that we have, like the little sort of water cooler. Right. I think it's just contextual based on the person. Basically, I, I wanted to talk about it because I for me, I don't think it has too much of a bearing on the intimacy level you have of an individual. Right, right. Um, I, I think it's purely just about the context of contacting that one individual and it's i don't think that i i get the idea of there are only certain things you can do after um like there's only certain things that you can do after getting close to someone so like i don't have people's telephone numbers that i'm not close to Mm-hmm. Right, so I can't I message them or FaceTime call them or something, or phone call them because I don't have telephone numbers for them. So th- those ones only become I only they are only unlocked for me after we receive le- after we get to level twelve of our relationship. Um, <laughs> so you know that th- that adds additional context, but it, just because I have somebody's telephone number doesn't mean that they then receive communication via that method Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. does that make sense it does it's just it's still so tough to me though because and i think part of the problem i had with with the particular instance with you that i've been talking about is that at the time i had sent it it was like either really late at night or really early in the morning and so usually you and i have said something to each other either on im or slack within the last hour or two But in this case, like I said, it was either early or late. And so we hadn't had like an active conversation, if you will. I'm using mega air quotes when I'm saying that. And because of that, I went to send you something. And and like I said before, I was crippled by choice. Where do I do this? Do I do this in Slack? Do I do this in an iMessage? What, What do I do? And the other thing is, if it was late at night, I'm always petrified that other people that I'm sending um, iMessages or SMSs to perhaps aren't as diligent with their do not disturb settings as I am. And so if it's, you know, 10 o'clock at night, my time, which is what two and the three in the morning, your time, I'm, I'm scared to fire off an iMessage because I don't want to wake you up. I've obviously, this is a frequent thing for me. I can imagine in both directions. So I've come to a very sort of simple conclusion if I have people that I contact enough that my communication could wake them up, I assume either A, their phone does not wake them up, or B, 
that they use do not disturb because they are because I am in their life and I assume that people think that of me too. Mm-hmm. Like everybody knows that that I am on the other side of the world which means I have different sleeping habits. I know that people are on the other side of the world to me so they have different sleeping habits. I think we all need to just naturally assume that we know that about each other and and not worry about it. I do not have my phone on do not disturb because my phone doesn't wake me up. Really? Does not wake me up. Oh god, if well until Aaron got pregnant and was getting up constantly to use the ladies' room during the night, I used to be the lightest sleeper in the world. And so any sort of buzz or hum or anything like that or beep would absolutely wake me up. So I am an extremely diligent do not disturb user. It is always on weekdays, weeknights, doesn't matter. Or excuse me, weekends, doesn't matter. I'm trying to remember what the time is. I'm trying to look right. Is it general? Um, it doesn't matter. Anyway, it's something like 10 to 8 or something. Oh, there it is. Uh, do not disturb. It is on from 10 to 7. So from 10 p.m. to 7 a.m., it is not going, my phone will not wake me up. And the only people that can wake me up are basically Aaron and the immediate family that I grew up with who almost never call me that they don't call me that often in general. And I cannot imagine them calling me in the middle of the night unless there was genuinely something wrong. You got to have that repeated calls thing on them. Yes, I do. Yeah. And now I'm going to call you seven times tonight. That thing is a freaking genius. It is. It really is. Um, I only ever in I invoke do not disturb manually, and I only ever do it when there's somebody around that would wake up. Hmm, that makes sense. Like I'm, I'm even talking with the the six plus, which has like it basically sets off uh, like an earthquake somewhere whenever it <laughs> vibrates. The, this thing is insane. Yep, it is audible from my pocket under the desk. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the 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 vibration is is crazy. Um. But it just doesn't wake me up. The sounds do not wake me up. The only noise that definitely wakes me up is my ringtone. Hmm. That's interesting. Other than that, because it's kind of trained in my brain, but SMS messages, and I'm not kidding. Sometimes I'll wake up to like 65 SMS messages, 75 notifications in Slack, and like a bunch of Twitter stuff, and none of it has even made me stir in the night. I mean, that's probably for the best, but man, that's not how I am at all. Yeah. Oh, how about that? But it does mean that if somebody wants to reach me urgently, they have to call me. Right. I'll be calling you in just a few hours, Mike. Feel free. (laughs) I'm only barely nice enough not to do it, even though I bet you if I did, you really wouldn't be too bothered by it. Would you pick up if I had done that tonight? Yeah, I'd pick up. Because I'll be too tired to understand what's happening. (laughs) Fair enough. All right, well, I'll I'll talk to you in a couple hours. So I'm concerned as we wrap up. I I, please don't think that I'm a bad person. I'm just trying. I'm just being honest. And and I love you all. And please continue to email me. I've tried to make it very clear, I think, that I want to receive your email if you feel it's worthwhile sending. And, And follow up emails and feedback emails are part of the type of email that sits high up on my list. The things that I'm more frequent to delete are the things that do not. So basically, if it's not a sponsorship inquiry or something business related and or a feedback email, I 
pretty much that that that's it's not important then and that's the stuff that i'm more likely to get rid of the things that sit in my emails the longest are the follow-up stuff mm-hmm. um because that's the stuff that i'm more likely to get to uh and if if i can give you more than a couple of words i will give you more than a couple of words yeah i agree it's not that we necessarily dislike the receiving of email it's that I don't know that either of us necessarily has the time to go through the quantity of email that we get. And again, I didn't understand when Marco said that to me until I lived it. And it was just one of those things that once you're there, and it doesn't mean because you're a famous podcaster or anything like that, because neither of us are actually famous. It's just a matter of whatever your position in life, be it in your job or in your family, perhaps, if you're the patriarch or matriarch, whatever. If you're getting a crud load of email every day, then suddenly you have to be extremely choosy about what you reply to. But it doesn't mean you don't like getting it. It just means you may not reply. I'm talking like 10 emails a day. But that feels like a lot. 10 emails is a lot. I'm talking about a lot more than 10. Yeah, I'm, I know you are. I, 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 you know. Is Whatever, that a humble brag? Mr. Famous Podcast. Yeah, it was, is that a humble brag? Is that a not so humble brag? I don't even know. But a lot of mine are business related and they're, they're like, like the weight of like 20. Yeah, that's true. You have to put a lot more thought into them. Um, I I just like to. I just want people to contact me via Twitter where they can. Like that's just what I want. Is how I like to communicate with people. I can see your face. You, you're more likely to be more open with me, and you know if it's not a private thing because you're talking in your own voice, not your email voice, and we can chat about it and we can do it in real time. Like I don't know why people would want to email me rather than say that unless. It's a private thing. Like, well, that's, I, that could know. be. And the other thing is, the thing I love about Twitter is it forces even the most verbose people like myself to just distill what they're trying to ask down to 140 characters. And you know what? Most emails can be distilled down to 140 characters. And I'm looking in the mirror as much as I'm looking at each and every one of you. I, I really think that if you can put it in a tweet, just put it in a darn tweet. And the likelihood that I'll reply to a tweet where I'm not obligated to give you more than 140 characters is extremely high. So maybe that's the the top tip, if you will. If you'd actually like a reply to an email, put it in a tweet. If you don't necessarily need a reply, put it in an email. <laughs> that's so backwards. Yeah, well, it is what it is. That's reality, my friend. If you'd like to get in touch with us, don't no. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to find our show notes at relay.fm slash analog slash 11 you'll see a lovely button there that says contact if you click that that will send an email to both of us and we will both read it and we'll probably both respond if you'd like to tweet at us I am at imike I-M-Y-K-E and Casey's at C-A-S-E-Y-L-I-S-S Uh, we'll be back next week for another episode of your favorite show called Analog. And thank you so much to our sponsors, our friends at Backblaze and Igloo. Say goodbye, Casey. Goodbye, Mike. It's another one of those episodes where I'm sure that it's a good one, but I worry that people are just going to start turning Mm -hmm. off and hating me forever. Yep, that's right. It's what it is. Because I really feel like I'm just trying to help you.
No, you're right. Well, I understand exactly where you're coming from. And you're absolutely right. So much of this stuff that I have, I need to get rid of. And that angst that I carry, I need to get rid of. And the thing of it is, is that in a couple of weeks when Sprout's born, I have a feeling this might fix itself because I'm really not going to care anymore. Because I remember hearing people talk about this stuff, like on podcasts, be like, I'll just be happy that you're getting the email and yep. deal with it. Oh, God, so true. It's so easy to think that until it's you that's that's getting it. Yeah, it's so true. I could not agree with you more. And that sounds so, it sounds so conceited and self-obsessed to say that, but I can't, I, that's why I kept bringing up Marco, because before before I became associated with Marco's podcast, you know, before I had my own, excuse me, before I had my own podcast, I never understood it. I didn't understand why Marco was so self-centered that he couldn't reply to my freaking emails. But now I get it. I totally get it now. It's like the expectational debt that you have. You kind of put it on yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I got all this email I have to deal with and it needs to be done. I mean, yep. you sit down and do it. It's not that bad. But you end up putting so much pressure on yourself about it. That That's why, like, you, once you get a system in place, which is what I'm trying to enforce in you with some tough love, you will feel <laughs> less anxious about the emails. About the emails. Yeah. And what I've been trying to do, like I said on the show, is I've been trying to force myself to either act immediately or never look back. That is the deal with myself. You either act immediately, which yeah. which implies that it's going to be quick, right? You either act immediately or you just put it away never to look back again. I'm not convinced about that, but try it out for yourself. I think I think immediate action will require you to be spending more time dealing with email. That's possible. Well, to be fair, the immediate action could be to just delete it. I'm not saying that's not acceptable. My point is, though, a lot of these emails, especially listener feedback, I'm like, oh, that's a nice email. I should reply. But I let it sit. And I guess what I'm saying to myself is if I'm thinking, oh, that's a nice email, I should reply. That's the cue that I either need to reply right freaking now or just put it away and never look back because letting it sit is helping neither of us. So before next Thursday's episode, you need to listen to that episode of Hello Internet. I will re-listen to it. All right. That is I'll our homework. This will make Faith extremely happy because she's been trying to get me to subscribe to it. I've heard a couple episodes here and there. and It, it is my favorite podcast. I'm sorry. I, I, I love your show. It's Your show is my second favorite podcast. Hello mm-hmm. Internet is my favorite. No, that's fine. Um, no, I really, uh, I really should listen to it. And... Uh, since I've exchanged a couple of tweets with CGP Gray, mostly about load-bearing Pinky, um, he's he's quickly turning into another white whale. But you don't even listen to his show. You have no. Uh, but it's just because it's a day. It's it's it's. I don't know because you, I'm self obsessed. I don't even. Know you're just trying to collect people now. And yeah, I am. I guess that's what it is. You, no, you you can you can't you can't claim someone to be a white whale if you're not if you're not. I said getting with their there, work. getting there, getting there. Everybody relax. 